0: And then it's this this morning, the word of God will expose sin. The word of God will expose sin. Let's look at verses 1 and 2. When these things were done, the leaders came to me, this is Ezra, saying, the people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the peoples of the land with respect to the abominations of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites, that's a mouthful, where they have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons, so that the holy seed is mixed with the peoples of those lands. Indeed, the hand of the leaders and rulers has been foremost in this trespass. What? The leaders are among the most guilty? Now, let's be clear. What exactly was that the remnant had done wrong. I mean, how, what, how are they breaking the covenant of God? Well, we have to remind ourselves, first of all, Ezra was an expert. He was skilled in the law of Moses. He knew his Bible. In fact, let's put it this way. Ezra is the first person described in the scripture as what we will, what we will learn is the office of scribe. Ezra is going to be, if not the first person, one of the very first people who will hold in their hands the very first complete Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible that we, that we would have today. Ezra would have been the very first one to have a completed copy of the Old Testament. So he is, he is well-versed in the Old Testament. But let's be clear, what exactly did they do? Well, God forbade intermarriage with the nations around them but he gave the reason why he says because they will be enticed to make a covenant with their god and it will cause them to move away from worshiping the one true living god so a lot of people have have made speculations and said well it was uh he, he just he just wanted it to be a pure uh, race That's not what the issue was. The issue was these people are going to be wooed away from the Lord. Now, how do we know that? Ezra was well-versed in the scriptures, an expert. He would have known Exodus 34. This is that covenant. I want you to listen to it, Exodus 34. Observe what I command you this day. Behold, I am driving out from before you the Amorite and the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. Sound familiar? Well, it should, because that's what Ezra had just written about. He was referencing Exodus here. He was referencing the covenant. Take heed to yourself, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land where you're going, lest it be a snare in your midst. In other words, be careful. The inhabitants that are already in that land are going to, they're going to tempt you to forsake the Lord. So here's what he says you should do, verse 13, "...but you shall destroy their altars, break their sacred pillars, cut down their wooden images, for you shall worship no other god, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they play the harlot with their gods, and make sacrifice to their gods, and one of them invites you, and then you take and eat of his sacrifice." And you take of his daughters for your sons and his daughters play the harlot with their gods and make your sons play the harlot with their gods. Do you see what Exodus is doing? What they're describing here is they're saying, listen, if you don't put a stop to it now, you're going to give in to it. You're going to worship false gods. So don't even entertain the idea of associating with them. You make sure that you are obedient to the Lord because if you don't, and you don't deal with it now, guess who is going to end up suffering? Your son is going to end up making the mistake. And then your son's going to make the mistake. And it's going to, God is telling them in Exodus 34, here's how to put a stop to this cycle. But they didn't listen. They didn't listen. In fact, Exodus 34 was so important that it was repeated again in Deuteronomy chapter 7 and repeated again in Deuteronomy chapter 20. God again and again and again said, listen, I want to make sure that you worship the one true living God. Don't, do not take for yourselves wise from these other nations because they, they do not worship the Lord. So make sure you don't do it. Now, here's the point. Exodus and Deuteronomy give us explicit reason for the command not to marry the women from those nations. And the reason is that they will lead Israel away from God and cause them to worship the false gods of those nations. But here's the problem. Many people in the Ribbon, as they're heading back to Israel, many of those people were ignorant of God's word. They didn't know Exodus. They didn't know Deuteronomy 7. They didn't know Deuteronomy chapter 20. So the problem is they were ignorant of that. They had no idea. And Ezra then had to do what? He began to teach them God's Word. And then they realized that they were already headed down the same path again. They realized they were already setting themselves up to go in the same cycle again. When these things were done, What things? The return of Israel and renewed teaching of the word of God. The leaders came to me, that's Ezra, saying the people of Israel and the priests and the Levites, the leaders have not separated themselves from the peoples of the land with respect to the abominations of the Canaanites, the Hittites, and so forth. The leaders have come to know what God's word says, because of ezra's teaching but the remnant sin was exposed why because of the teaching of god's word in other words god's word exposes sin so satan has two primary tactics if that's true the first one is if scripture if the bible is going to reveal sin expose it make you aware of what is sinful Satan wants to keep you ignorant of that he doesn't want you to be aware of it he doesn't want you to know what God's Word says so he's gonna do everything that he can to make sure what that you just don't open up God's Word that you don't have it taught that you're not familiar with it that you that you are ignorant of God's Word because if Satan can keep you away from God's Word then you will not be exposed to to the truth of God's word. The second thing that Satan does, and he has done this from the very beginning, is he tries to discredit God's word. So if Satan can confuse you about the authority and truthfulness of God's word, then you, you would dismiss the content of God's word. But to be clear, God is not the author of confusion. Satan uh, bears that title. Satan is the one who is the author of confusion. He is the one that wants to confuse us. And oftentimes I hear people say this, even Christians. You ever heard this, this saying that people will say, uh, well, you can make the Bible say anything you want it to say. Have you ever heard that? I, I hear that every now and then. And I want to be, be careful. I want to be careful. I want to be cautious. Um, I want to make sure that we, we understand what, what the intent of that statement is. When, when someone says, you know, you can make the Bible say anything that you want to, the truth is you can't. The Bible has its purpose and meaning. The Scriptures even put it this way, that there is a, there is a way to rightly divide the word of truth. In other words, there is a proper way to read Scripture. But if there is a right way to read it, then what? There is a wrong way to read it. And I think that that's what people sometimes get into. So well, you can make the Bible say anything that you want it to. Because sometimes people try to use it to excuse sin. They try to use it to excuse and say, well, the Bible really doesn't condemn this behavior, or the Bible doesn't says that this is okay or that. Let me, let, me put you, let, me, let me give you an example of the problem with that type of thinking. Because I can show you in the scripture, I can show you in the scriptures a passage that says these words, there is no God. What? Yeah, it says it right there in the Bible. There is no God. There is no God. The Bible tells us that there is no God? It says it. It says, in fact, it is in quotations. Quote, There is no God. End quote. Just like that. There is no God. Now, hopefully you're going, that sounds really confusing because the Bible obviously teaches there's God. So what do you mean the Bible is is going to say that there is no God? There is a right way to, to read Scripture, right? One of the right ways to read Scripture is to understand context is to understand what is, the, what is the context in which this phrase is saying. The phrase that I just referenced, it says it this way. The fool has said in his heart, quote, there is no God, period, end quote. And so is there a quote, is, can you pull out of Scripture a direct quote that says there is no God? Yeah, you can. Is that grossly taking it out of context? a way to rightly divide the word of truth and satan wants nothing more for you to either be ignorant of god's word or for you to be confused of god's word but ignorance of god's word will not prevent israel from facing the consequences of their sinful actions and the same is true for us the same is true for us we even if we're ignorant even if we don't know what god's word teaches if we're disobedient we're still going to end up facing the consequences.